is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Yes, I am your host this evening, Gavin McGough. Uh, Thank you for joining us. It's not quite feeling like spring, but it is May, and it is soon uh, Mother's Day. So we decided to convene a panel of moms to discuss all the work and joys and challenges of mothers in our community. Um, So if you have a memory you'd like to share, a reflection, a lesson, whatever it is uh, from your own life, give us a call at 970-728-4333. And uh, let me introduce my guests who are joining us this evening. We have uh, Abby Conroy. Abby is a massage therapist here in Telluride um, and has been a surrogate mother as well. Do you want to say hello to listeners? Hi. How's everybody doing out there? My name's Abby. And like Gavin said, I, was, I, I am a surrogate mom, and I'm also a birth mom to my first child, um, who is 16 now. And I, get, I met him for the first time over the summer, and it's been an amazing journey. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, Emily McGow, uh, not McGough but spelled the same way, (laughs) is a Southwest Colorado native and also um, works here as a nurse practitioner in primary care uh, at the Telluride Regional Medical Center, has a background in pediatric nursing as well. Um, Yeah, do you want to complete that introduction there for us? Um, Sure, and so that's a good good start. Um, And I'm also... Uh, mother of one. My daughter Ellie is six and she would say three quarters. Um, and uh, I started a group uh, class at the Telluride Medical Center right after she was born um, called Mountain Mamas. And that was in response to um, a lot of local pregnant folks and new parents um, feeling a little lost and not knowing what kind of medical resources we had in the area for new parents and for expectant parents. Um, And so that's been a a big part of my practice since I was a nurse about um, six years ago. Thank you. We also have uh, in studio um, Jenny Wheeler, right? I wasn't sure if it might be Jennifer. but Jenny is a social worker and therapist um, based here in Telluride. In her practice, she addresses um, issues of social injustice, uh, social challenges, works with patients to um, work towards mental health and resilience. And do you want to uh, complete your intro? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am a therapist at Access Health system here in Telluride and I also work in Norwood where I live and I am a mother of a 16 month old baby Um, so I am very much in my own experience um, 
as well, and I'm very honored to be here with these other mothers. Um, and then lastly, uh, but with by far the most experience uh, in terms of years, perhaps, um, is Sarah Spencer. She moved here in the 90s. Um, I found all this information online, so it might be wrong, but did you, was, your first, was your first job on the Galloping Goose? Is that correct? Oh, that, that is correct. <laughs> I was a bus driver for the town of Telluride, yep. And uh, can you fill us in on the rest? Yes, I've been a mother for over 20 years. My oldest will be 21 in September, and my youngest is 17 and graduating from high school in just a couple weeks, so that's super exciting. And it was funny talking to get to know these moms quickly right before we all used the same um, birthing teacher, Kendall Chechu. <laughs> so, and that was 20, almost 21 years ago that I used her. So it's great to hear that she's still helping expectant mothers. Awesome. Um, all right, well, thank you all for coming in this evening. Uh, one thing that I was thinking that was on my mind when I was putting together the show and we uh, kind of on Kodo News were thinking about putting together the show, um, there are many ways to think about motherhood, both traditional and non-traditional. Um, so, you know, I hope that that can be part of this conversation. Callers, um, feel free to call in with all sorts of reflections. Uh, tonight, but just to dive in, how do you all sort of think about motherhood, define motherhood for yourselves? Um, and maybe this relates back to kind of memories of your own mom, or or maybe that comes from somewhere else. Well, I'll go. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this last night and googled the root word of mother, and I found out that it was meter. Which, you know, we think of meters like the metric system and it means to measure, which is not what I was expecting. And feel free to call in if you're like a PhD in Greek and correct me, but that's at least what I found. And it reminded me of the part of motherhood that I have difficulty with, which is like the more of the rigidity and the measuring um, process, which, you know, starts out when you go to your prenatal appointments and they measure your like fundal height and then you know how dilated are you and then once you give birth it's how many ounces has your baby you know it for me was just a really anxiety inducing um aspect of motherhood that kind of came as a surprise um and then you know when I'm not in my anxious mindset I'm in like total bliss with my baby I'm still nursing so I have tons of oxytocin flowing through my system and um, you know as humans whether we're mothers or grandmothers or fathers or whatever role that babies can actually teach us to parent that we're like wired in that way and that's been very much my experience is that um you know some of the stuff it's not even like it comes naturally it's more just like it's part of our dna as humans we're kind of built to to parent and um babies help us in that process too even if you if you weren't the mom so that 
that's my current definition of motherhood. You can ask me <laughs> when my kid is two weeks from graduation. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it'll change, but that's my current one. Yeah, it's, it's um, I remember sort of back then. Um, that's, you know, it, re, try to remember, write it down, take pictures, write all those kind of fun things that they tell you because it does go by so fast. Um, motherhood morphs right as they get older it's definitely different now for me it's what are they doing who are they with you know that worry never goes away even when they leave home you know to me it's you're a mother for life no matter if they live with you or they don't live with you you're their mother and and to me it's just knowing that you know they could reach out they can call you even if you don't hear from them they they know that you're there you know so it is definitely morphs as they get older. <laughs> um, Gavin and I were talking before the, the show started about um, some challenges I've had with um, defining what motherhood is because I think um, it gets really complicated. Um, like if you look at the biological definition, I think it's probably growing and birthing an offspring um, but I think we all probably know someone who um, has adopted a baby or who, so they didn't grow and birth a, a child or um, who has used a surrogate and is still, like they're not the, the birth mom, um, but they're still that, that child's mother. Um, and then uh, it also just gets uh, more complicated with gender um, identity and um, and then with uh, pregnancy loss too, um, or um, fertility problems, um, that um, like uh, folks who have had miscarriages may still identify as being a mother, but not have any child to really show for for that. And and um, I think that can create a lot of anxiety and um, depression and other mental health problems there. So I, I don't, I struggle with like just a real definition of what it is. Um, to me right now, um, motherhood is um, passing along to my daughter some of the things that I really and passionate about um, being outside, being in nature, skiing and biking, and then also having an appreciation for um, other people's ideas and art and music and um, trying to like facilitate her finding her own passions that way. Um, but I like everyone has said so far I think it just depends on the day some days it's just like I'm just my goal today of being a mother is to like get my child out the door with shoes on and um appropriate weather weather appropriate <laughs> clothing <laughs> um so it really varies from day to day so for me I was actually kind of like a daddy's girl and growing up I was super close with my dad which is why when I got pregnant I chose adoption a lot because you know the relationship I had with my dad was amazing and of course I loved my mom but there, there was just something special there and maybe that's for a reason but um I also see 
a lot of moms in my life that weren't necessarily my mom by blood. And like, especially when I left my parents' house and I went out into the world and it was like my friend's mom or like a mentor kind of, or my adoption counselor also became kind of like a mom to me. And I feel like you can fill that role for a lot of people later on in life who maybe didn't have you know a great relationship with their mom or who lost their mom early like I just feel like anyone especially you know when like a woman is seeking out another woman's like advice or sort of looking toward you know an example for something I feel like we can all be mothers in that way for anyone I think there are also ways in which um you you know somebody can end up as a mother without even knowing it because somebody identifies that relationship as like oh there's somebody who has been a mother for me um and maybe that person was not was aware of that uh association or maybe you wasn't you know i asked some people like um have you had a tell you have you had a mom since you got to tell you ride like a different mom <laughs> sarah holbrook <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, She's been a mother to a lot of people. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes hopefully, she'll, hopefully she'll give us a call tonight. Um, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure she's mothered some people who she wouldn't even have on her list. You know, and it's kind of um, so it can be, it can come from both sides in, in all directions. Yeah. Um, and uh, on that, you know, I, before we move on from this topic of kind of definitions, I was wondering. Um, you know, are there specific role models for any of you? Like, you're like, wow, that's like a great way of being a mom or like that, you know, person makes me think about motherhood in a different way. Um, and, you know, I think we've also talked about how motherhood can be something very aspirational. It can also, we've already touched on, it can also just be getting your kid out the door um, into the hands of somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that, if that question has a, rings a bell for anybody. I, I had an amazing, and I still do, my mom is still alive, she's 79, and I have an amazing relationship with my mom, and I know I feel super lucky to still have her in my life, and um, so I hope that my kids have the same relationship that I have with her, you know, that's, you know, I think that's kind of you know, what, what I'd like to strive for, you know, she's definitely been a huge influence on my life, and so I hope... I hope my kids, you know, want to talk to me and call me as much as she I like to talk to my mom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you kind of grew into being an adult child to your mom, like, how, how has that relationship changed? Um, well, you, I can ask her for advice. I can, ask, you know, we can be a lot more honest. I mean, you know, you're not hiding the high school drama I, you know, I know my kids have a hard time expressing their boys, so I feel like they have a hard time expressing their feelings to me, um, and I feel like that gets better as you get older to talk to your parents. And I mean, some kids are great at it, and my um, my oldest has a hard time talking to me about things, but my younger one is pretty good. So, but I think it gets better as you get older. Get, seeking advice and knowing that you need advice 
um, you don't want to ask your parents for advice when you're younger, but when you get older, it's nice to. They've, they've done it a long time, so. <laughs> I, I often think about the things I put my own mother through, and I'm amazed that she still talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, she always picks up the phone, so. Always. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I almost had, like, my mom that's her archetype like she is a retired kindergarten teacher mm. she is one of 11 children she was like just very much into like caretaking and I was the rebellious teenager and I couldn't like when having her as an example I was like I couldn't be that like that's not who I am but what's happened because you know that's what was modeled for me so even though I'm a different person like um parenting has been very humbling for me like I'm even more of a helicopter mom <laughs> than my mom was like my mom went to like Alaska for 10 days with um my dad when I was a baby and I'm like I haven't spent a night away from my <laughs> so sometimes I think you know if you were to ask me two years ago I'd be like oh this you know this person would be my role model or this is how I want to parent but actually being a, a parent it's like I'm I'm completely different than I thought I would be so I think for me it's it's more about not comparing myself because um, that if, you know I think I just I just do the best I can like some days my child doesn't have shoes <laughs> you know um, they had like the daycare was like okay she needs shoes now like we're going to be going outside <laughs> so we do live in Norwood it's a little balmier there but um so yeah, I think I um, currently I don't really have someone. I mean, I had some great ex examples growing up, but I can't. You know, my my grandmother raised eleven kids. Like one, one might be enough for me. So it's mm -hmm. it's hard for me to even um, kind of compare to some of the role models I've had. Um. You, you would rather pass on the question. You're totally welcome to. I just don't want to <laughs> cut anybody off. Uh, no, I just, I think it's really challenging to even like hone in on a couple of people who are good role models because I think our community is just so full of amazing parents. And this is not an easy place to raise children. Um, it is in the aspect of like, we have such a tight community and um and i often feel like i um i can rely on friends and neighbors and um and school and all of these great resources in town but um we are limited in a lot of things and we have to travel really long distances um for things like just basic like pediatric specialty care <laughs> um so um, I'm just super inspired by all the moms in the in the area and on the air too. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like there's such a range of mothering that the archetype 
goes from like the nurturing, soft, feminine, like, you know, sweetness to like, you know, having to be strong and um, defend your, you know, for your child goes back to evolution and, you know, having to protect your offspring and everything. So I feel like there's a lot of fierceness that goes into it. So it's like an interesting dichotomy of like nurturing and also fierce and powerful. Um, all right. I think we're going to take a quick musical break and then uh, reintroduce our guests here. But um, stick around and give us a call at uh, 970-728-4333 if you'd like to join in the conversation on motherhood this evening. Yeah. 
right, we are back talking about motherhood this evening on Kodo before Mother's Day. Give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation. It's 970-728-4333. And uh, we'll bring you up on air and see uh, what you have to share with us. Um, but let me reintroduce my guests. We have Sarah Spencer, uh, Jenny Wheeler, Emily McGow, and Abby Conroy all in studio. And here, somebody's taking us up on the offer. It seems we'll see if they uh, would like to chat with us tonight uh, and take this call. We said something on motherhood, and I have to call. Hello, <laughs> you're live on Kodo. Hi, it's Sarah Holbrook, and I was just um, texting with Sarah Spencer, and she said I should phone in. Why should I have phoned in? <laughs> well, we are celebrating Mother's Day on Off the Record this evening. And uh, we've got some Telluride moms in studio. And we're just talking about motherhood. And lo and behold, um, your name came up, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so we're delighted that you gave us a call. Will you, uh, would you like to share a reflection on um, uh, a role model you had for motherhood in your own life? Or um, kind of an experience you had in your own uh, mothering in this community in Telluride? Oh, my goodness, there's so many things I could share. Well, one thing I would say is I always felt like my role as a mother, because I do have three actual biological children as well as the many delicious adopted children I kind of have. <laughs> um, I always thought my role as a mother was to be a mother and not a friend to my children. And what's kind of been a surprise to me as my children have become adults is what good friends they are to me. <laughs> And then my own mother was, as a role model, completely 100% capable of anything. She could change the oil in a car. She sewed me maternity clothes. She made, you know, square meals for us each dinner. Um, and she still held, a, held down a job. So she was a great, uh, a great inspiration and died way too young at 64. So Mother's Day is always a little hard for me. Who are the moms in the studio? Uh, well, we have Sarah Spencer, uh, Jenny Wheeler. <laughs> Emily McGow and Abby Conroy all joining us. Oh my goodness. Hi everybody. Hi Sarah. Hi Sarah. <laughs> Abby's the most interesting mother I know. Oh, my hat's off to you, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> um all right, Sarah, thanks so much for giving us a call and for sharing that uh lesson or one more on thing motherhood. oh please I, I, one more thing I'm very happy to be a kind of semi mother and I know you have a really great one of your own to you Gavin as you share our home in Telluride and we love that uh, yeah I hope listeners uh, will know that um, <laughs> I am the quote-unquote stranger child of the Holbrook family um, <laughs> and it's it's been a blessing beyond compare um, so Sarah, it's and really I know you have a good mother of your own, but oh, we're course, happy to kind of, of semi-adopt you into our family. <laughs> um, In case your mom is listening, the more the, <laughs> the more moms, the merrier. Um, yeah, uh, yes, exactly. That's what I think too. All right, I'll let you get on with your conversation. But um, hi, all the moms, and I miss Tony Wright, and hello from Cal uh, California, and I'll be back soon. All right, soon. We miss you, Sarah. Okay, I miss you all. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye now. All right. Uh, Sarah Holbrook, there she is. Um, I know we um, had an interest amongst... 
Well, I guess I should say it this way. Last week was actually May 3rd, which is Maternal um, Mental Health Day. Um, and I think that, you know, it's already come up a little bit in terms of like anxiety, helicopter parenting, things like that. I know postpartum depression can be a big challenge for, um, you know, certain moms. Uh, I'm interested in how um, that has, you know, what what your journey with mental health as a mother um, has been and continues to be uh, to whatever extent you're comfortable um, sharing about that. I'm actually happy to start with this one. <laughs> um, when my oldest was born, I definitely had postpartum. I It took about two months for me to say I'd love my child. Mm. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating. I had a husband who, in my mind, didn't want kids, even though we had that conversation. He was like, if I didn't want kids, I never would have had a child. So I thought I had to do everything. I had to be super mom. I had to make, the dinner had to be, because I wasn't working, dinner had to be on the table, house had to be clean, baby had to be happy. And it was really tough. Like I would, he would walk in the door and I'd hand him the baby. I'm like, he's all yours. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to do. They don't give you a handbook. They don't, t- they just send you out the door 24 hours after you have a baby with this baby. And so I, you know, I wasn't diagnosed. I didn't go see anyone, you know, but I know for a fact because when I had my second child, it was love at first sight. And so it was one of those, like, I'm like, oh, Oh, I get it now. But it took three years to realize, like, what I had gone through with, and no one tells you anything. You know, I mean, I think it's more open now, 20 years later. But then I was like, no one said anything to me, you know, and I was like, what? This is the worst mistake I ever made, (laughs) which it's not, and I love my children. (laughs) But it's really scary, you know, so as a mental health professional. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm glad you started with your own personal experience though, because yeah, it is, can be scary. And um, just hearing you say like what your expectations were of yourself too, like that was some of the best advice I got as a new mom. Like I went to the med center and Dr. Mahoney was like, don't worry about the dishes, right? (laughs) It's like, even though you're like ideally home 24 seven, like, um, you know, it's like the joke, like sleep when your baby sleeps, but then there's so many other things that you feel like you should be doing and- um, And your newborn doesn't sleep. (laughs) Not very long stretches. (laughs) Totally. I think, well, what's funny is like, um, I reposted the Kodo thing on Facebook last night and I, was like feel free to share your stories and one of my friends was like I'm too tired to share my story and I'm like that's so ironic right it's like you're so tired and so then um like that that can feel like depression and anxiety too and I you know um postpartum can happen in men too it's not um just with mothers so I want to throw that out there that it's you know maternal mental health month but that was another thing that, you know, as, as a healthcare provider, I'm always like analyzing other healthcare. So when I went into the med center, like Dr. Mahoney 
almost like shared the screening with my husband. She's like, honestly, you should take this too. And and then we were like arguing over who should take it. <laughs> it's like, no, you take it. No, you take it. Um, but, you know, right now the numbers are like one in five women will experience like a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. And, you know, I would be curious to see if those numbers would be higher as we increase awareness because there's you know I imagine like I again appreciate your openness because there can be the stigma of being pregnant and having mixed feelings about having a baby or having a baby and you know not being in love with your baby and stuff and so I think it like keeps people isolated in their feelings um rather than feeling comfortable reaching out. I mean, I hope that that's changing. Um, but yeah, like so much can kind of come up biologically, but also um, like socially and um, on our like psychological level too. And for listeners who don't know what, uh, what screening Jenny is talking about, um, we do at the Telluride Medical Center and at a lot of family practices and pediatric offices, um, something called an Edinburgh um, postpartum screening questionnaire. And it has specific depression and anxiety questions um, to the postpartum period. Um, so I, I think one of the the huge benefits of family practice is that when, a f when parents bring in their baby for well child checks at two weeks and four weeks and two months, four months, six months, um, we get to see the whole family or um, a slice of the family. And then we do have that opportunity to care for, for the parents if they're having trouble with um, postpartum depression or anxiety or postpartum psychosis or any, like any of those, um, including the more serious ones. And then um, we have the opportunity to really um, make interventions that can happen pretty quickly to get um, parents sleeping better because um, I think we all know that um, sleep deprivation makes everything worse. <laughs> um, and so even if there's like some mild um, postpartum anxiety, if you're sleep deprived, it can make everything um, just pretty severe. Um, and then we also can do um, blood work and further evaluation and, and kind of figure out what the the root is that's going on um, and treat right there in the office. So um, it's a good point about both parents. Um, we usually screen one parent, the parent who's in the office, but we probably should be doing both um, at every visit if they're there. So for me, um, I feel like a lot of people I talk to assume that because I chose adoption, that must've been really super hard. And like, I was, you know, so sad because I'm like the mom but in my mind I was really chosen to be the, the portal or like the delivery person or oven for the bun like I don't really necessarily feel like there's always this innate you know must be this person's mother feeling when you have a baby and um luckily I found a really awesome family that I connected with and Hunter my son had a childhood that was a lot like mine which is really why I chose 
adoption and um, I knew I couldn't provide that as like a young 20 year old single person because um, I was still figuring myself out so I think for me the harder part was actually I had spent about three months like the last trimester with the family and then like 10 days um, postpartum and it was hard to leave the family and like knowing that you know now is kind of like the time to really take some space and I won't be like you know at the the family um, holidays and stuff but I still got pictures and updates and it was really nice to maintain that contact in that way so that when the time came I got to meet all of them again and rekindle that like actual relationship where we get to talk on the regular and meet up and stuff so like for me the hard part was leaving the people I had gotten to know less so like Hunter because I knew like I didn't really know him or anything and I just felt like his parents were his parents you know yeah uh what has reconnecting with the family been like it's been amazing it was like so easy it was I mean all of these like signs like rainbows or something you know what I mean (laughs) um (laughs) and it's funny because Hunter and I have so much in common like taste in music and like we love to dance and I don't know it's just funny to see that because they raised him like you know how they raised their other two kids and they're all very different like cowboy theater rap rapper on Spotify and it's just like funny to um see like nature versus nurture and how that played out or is playing out still and what was the decision um to come to surrogacy like was that kind of a similar one yeah that was actually interesting um my friends from australia uh were trying to have a baby and i said i'd have a baby for you but that kind of just like came out I I wasn't really thinking about it necessarily and um they had already been in contract with someone so they weren't really looking and then that person actually found out some news they couldn't have the baby anymore for them so they asked me if that was something I would really consider and I think because I really wanted to be a part of like shifting the paradigm uh towards what does a family look like because it's my um two gay friends, two dads, and I was like, I had a great dad. Dads can be, you know, there for their kids in the same way that a mom can be. Um, And so it was actually a really easy decision, and uh, it worked out really well. And I just went and visited them after four years, and they live in Australia. So it's cool to see pictures and updates. Also, I was just a gestational surrogate, so the egg was an egg donor who um, was like a 23-year-old woman in Canada. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what has uh, being a mother kind of taught you all um, about trying to kind of nurture yourselves? And like, uh, you know, are there, are there times in kind of the difficulty of motherhood or... Um, you know, times of challenge where you feel you have to um, learn just how to take care of yourself. Or the other, the other way you could spin that question is um, caring, you know, for others who might not be a direct biological child and, and kind of themes of that. Well, I think 
yeah I'm glad you brought up both because they're it's not an either or it's a both like even if like as a mother with a husband and a child like we have daycare um you know we have healthcare providers like it it, it takes a, a village to to raise a child and I think that's um something that we could address socially better um and I think you know one that starts with healthcare having access to good healthcare both for the the parents and the child but also um child care and like for me um being a mom was like when I took the best care of myself because it was kind of like a two for one it's like okay if I'm taking care of myself I'm taking care of my baby so it kind of gave me an excuse to like I did acupuncture for the first time and try some more of these kind of um complementary practices um so and then I had I still have a therapist I think just having um any kind of support you can will will help you and your your family grow because like even my mother-in-law told me she was like if you're taking care of yourself you're taking care of your baby and like that's (laughs) (laughs) that was some of the best advice I got but I think that goes for community care as well if you're taking care of your community you're taking care of yourself and your child too so um I'm, you know, I'm grateful for for the opportunities I've had as a mom, but also for this whole community. Um, just, I had like a, I still have a WIC coordinator, um, like a lactation consultant who um, helps me and uh, Bright Futures is out there, you know, Access Health System for like mental health services, the medical center, there's just, there's so many like places you can go to and even within the community too not uh, like actual providers but facebook groups and the free box like (laughs) (laughs) lots of different ways to like mom mom hack here (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I recommend also going on trips without your children and your significant (laughs) other um, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's very, I guess, you know, it, and with your significant other and leave your child at home. You know, I, my husband and I would go on trips together and not a lot, but, you know, once a year, you know, even if it was just for two days just to reconnect and, you know, it, it just brings you new perspective, you know, and I feel like that's taking care of yourself because you need to disconnect once in a while. Um, and it's good for the kid to be with someone else who, you know, has different, you know, parenting styles. However, if it's a babysitter or, a, you know. So it's good to, and I, I've always been really good with my girl trips. At least once a year I have a girl trip, so. Mm-hmm. Or a woman trip, or, sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> friend trip. A friend trip, exactly. But all women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think those the opportunity to leave can sometimes feel like a a, a long shot um, like we're expected to just be here all the time and be with our kids and constantly be um, 
like doing the sports and skiing and and all the things that we all tend to live here for um but at least with my friend group here um I've gotten very comfortable with asking friends to have my daughter now that she's a little older for a night so that my husband and I can go away for a night or two um or um just have some time together um and even just having a couple hours um one day a week or one day a month where you have that designated adult time I think can be really important um, for those connections um, and it's interesting what you said Jenny about like when you were pregnant like there's like this pass that you can be like well I have to go walking because I'm pregnant or like I have to prioritize my health because I'm growing someone um, and it, it really there's like a very abrupt stop to that um, and even after, like, I had a, an emergent C-section, um, which is like a, a major abdominal surgery. Um, and it changed my perspective, even being in healthcare prior to my, my surgery. I didn't realize how huge that was and how much rest is needed. Um, but there's a lot of um, societal pressures to, like, like everyone was saying, to keep the house clean and have the meals prepped and be the best breast pumper and um, the best breastfeeder and like it's all expected to just come in neatly but it doesn't for most people um, like most people need a lot of community support and um, and education and, and healthcare support and I think in our in the way that we have evolved we've evolved out of having aunts and moms and grandmas um, and sisters like close by to help and and um, teach those things um, and so I think it can feel pretty isolating to think that you have you have to know all of this stuff um, and so to take that moment to rest even if it's not to sleep just to like let the laundry sit there and let the dishes sit there and like order a takeout or a frozen pizza or like anything that makes your life easier I think is um, it can be really helpful um, but also taking the time to go outside and have some fresh air and some exercise um, goes a long way um, if you have to take your baby with you in the stroller I think that's great um, and that can still be a focus on you um Abby, you kind of spoke about uh, non-traditional family structures, and I'm just wondering how um, all you moms here think about kind of motherhood as it relates to parenting, um, specific gender expectations or roles, um, or, you know, things that do uh, resonate as a specific experience of motherhood, maybe that's pregnancy, um, but just how does how does motherhood fit in with uh, parenting, and how uh, do you kind of conceive of your family and try to, um, you know, stay open to what that means? I would say it doesn't. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. That, um, you know, in my opinion, and I think especially over the past few years with. COVID and the pandemic, like when 
school was out and you're, you know, both parents are working and suddenly you're expected to teach math when you thought you were signing up to teach your kid to tie their shoes. Like, you know, I do think, like, I just want to normalize that it can feel like swimming upstream. Like, you know, Emily was saying, like, it, it's, you know, not only not innate, but then, um, and yeah, I mean, we're still, I know with, um, gay or queer couples that like the adoption process is still not perfect at all that like even in 2023 that um you know yes like gay marriage is legal but having a a baby and um having both parents be legally parents is still a legal process and you know adoption can be expensive and I mean there's just I, like I was telling Gavin, I'm like, this is such a broad topic, so I, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but I just want to throw that on there. <laughs> like, um, I just, I honestly don't think it does, and you just, you have to do what works best for, for you and your, your family and um, and whatever makeup that, that looks like. And cheers to you, Abby, for, for helping your friends. Um, get a kid because you you know you helped remove that barrier there's a lot of barriers out there not only to parenting but just having a child in the first place so tough work anybody else want to share something on that note or <laughs> i forgot what the question was sorry oh um <laughs> i got so engaged in jenny's response <laughs> how does um how does parenting uh relate to motherhood how does motherhood um you know relate to gender do you feel specific uh calls or duties or burdens um either in your personal life or just in your in your social life and in, in societally um as specifically a mother well, and i think jenny was saying that distinction feels to mm. her like a like a fake one you know yeah i i have um since my husband died three years three years ago, four years ago, 2019, four years ago. Um, I am both mom and a father to my children. Um, but I would never say that I'm a father to my children. I'm just a parent, mm -hmm. right? And so I just do the best I can. And just, you know, whether I say it's motherhood or not, you know, I, you know, feel like it's what we go through every day. Like this is, you know, it's parenting, Yes, we are mothers, but it really is just parenting and teaching our children our values and what, you know, as best we can. And ultimately, they're their own people, right? We can just try to guide them to hopefully make the right decisions in life or even make failures because your kids are going to fail. I mean, that's, you know, that's life. And so I hope as a parent that just happens to be a mother, I have given them all the necessary, you know, whatever to, to succeed in, in, in life and be good human beings and be kind. Um, I do feel like there are um, a lot of um, burdens of motherhood that are not visible to everyone out, 
outside of the the mother <laughs> um, and whether those are self-imposed or societally imposed you know it's it's a hard distinction um, to make um, I have an amazing supportive husband who does so much um, and I do put a lot on myself to going back to the shoes again, like making sure that my kid has the right size shoes seems like sometimes the most daunting task. And um, from what I hear from um, other moms around me is that that's often a, a task of motherhood. <laughs> and I'm not sure why that particular task falls to a mom versus a dad. And it might be different in other in other families. But I think the the um, the uncalculated burdens of motherhood um, are a lot of those home type tasks that maybe um, like 30, 40 years ago when moms were mostly at home and dads were working in this like very atomic um, system that we're trying to break down. Um, a lot of those things that moms were responsible for then are still responsible for now. Um, even though most of us many of us are out also working um, as well. Um, so it's the, the administrative duties of parenting, the enrollment, the camp signups, the after school, the clothing, like all of those things um, in a lot of couples, they c it can fall to the mom. Um, and so uh, I think some of that has to, has to come down to communication and then um, letting go of controlling every piece of raising a child. Um, that's been my biggest challenge is that I really like things a certain way and it turns out that I, I like having control and I may have some anxiety <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love having a therapist to talk about all of that um, letting go. But that's one of the biggest things that my daughter has taught me and motherhood has taught me is letting go and communicating about how things may feel um, uneven in a family and how to kind of redelegate that even if it um, is something that's kind of like already societally set. You also have to decide, is it worth it to have someone else do it? Yeah. If it's gonna give you anxiety that someone else is in charge of getting your child's shoes, mm -hmm. then you just get your child's shoes mm -hmm. and you've, and you, let go of something else. Yeah. There are some things that, um, yeah, I, I know. Like, I want to make sure that, you know, the, the after-school programs were all scheduled. That I mean, I knew for myself that I needed to do that. My husband would have totally done that. But I knew that I wanted it a certain way, and it made, at the end of the day, made me realize, well, then he can do all this, mm -hmm. which he was happy to do. So you also have to know what what it is you know that you, you you can control and some things like that are nice to control exactly <laughs> even if you don't have a kid yeah <laughs> exactly exactly I'm interested in how for all of you your identity or role as a mother um, has kind of changed your the way you think about yourself as a whole or um and also how you kind of fit all your other roles and identities in this community into um, your 
you know, practice of mothering and whatever that looks like. I liked what um, Ami said earlier about, like, fierceness, because I think that um, I wasn't a bridezilla, but I've become, like, a momzilla. Like, <laughs> you know, in terms of, like, the, the control, I think it is this very, like, primal thing, too, of, of kind of, you know, balancing that more nurturing side. And as a social worker, I have to do that too like I have to be a fierce advocate for my clients sometimes and sometimes I call comes at a cost of relationships and the same thing has has happened as I've become a mom as my values and priorities have shifted so have my relationships so I think um you know motherhood in my mind kind of um I'm like a caretaker professionally and that's also how I, I view motherhood but it's also helped me be okay with my, my anger and my um, you know my, my sense of like uh, protection as well that it's like Emily was saying like it's almost easier when you're a mom to kind of be like oh well I have to do this like just I think I've become sort of better at, at like advocating both personally and professionally for myself. Anybody else? All right. Well, we are closing in on the end of the hour. Um, thank you all so much for joining us this evening. Um, and um, I guess I would love to end on a final note. Uh, do, you all, do you all celebrate Mother's Day? And if you do, what's your uh, ideal... Uh, waffles in bed or whatever it looks like. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm doing this year. Um, I'm going to Tico Time to the Bluegrass Festival, and so I'm going to be there on Mother's Day. Um, my oldest is home for one week. He got home on Sunday. He's here till Sunday, and he was going to come with me, and then he really doesn't want to spend the whole week. So I asked both kids to come Thursday night, and we're going to do a Mother's Day breakfast at Tico Time on Friday. So it doesn't necessarily have to be on Mother's Day. They're both going to be with me. Um, we all love music. We're huge bluegrass fans. If anybody knows me, they know that we're huge bluegrass fans. <laughs> and, um, and so to me, that's like, it's ultimate. You know, we get to see music. We get to eat because we're a huge eating family as well. So to me, that's like my ultimate Mother's Day, even though it'll be Friday. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we usually go camping, not anywhere specific. I don't enjoy breakfast in bed, so (laughs) no waffles in bed. Um, but just spending time outside doing something fun with my kiddo. I usually talk to my mom on the phone on Mother's Day and indulge. Um, in ice cream. Wait, that's every day. Not just Mother's day. <laughs> every day is Mother's <laughs> Day. <laughs> um, but no, this Sunday is my last Sunday in Telluride, so I'm gonna have a free garage sale in my front yard, 473 West Colorado. <laughs> Come through. We'll be hanging out. And yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. 
Um, and in the process of moving, Abby uh, lost her wallet. So please bring it by the Kodo station if you find a blue <laughs> wallet. Um, that's our lost and found for this evening. Also, we have a pair of keys here. Um, found on West Pacific. Found on West Pacific, which we will leave in the station. All right. Can I make one plug? Please, Just to kind yeah. of wrap up. Um, mental health and physical health wise um, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety struggles with pregnancy, not feeling well or postpartum or like you don't want to get pregnant and become a mother and you need help um, managing that um, or you're struggling with fertility um, then please reach out to your healthcare provider or your mental health practitioner and um the Med Center in Telluride is always here if you need it. And we're at 970-728-3848. I'm going to plug our 24-7 care line, too, at Access Health. It's 970-465-5334. All right. Thank you all so much. Um, we barely have scratched the surface, as we knew we would, of the vast topic of motherhood. Um, but Rock and Rob is here in studio and it is 7 p.m. So we um, will uh, thank you all listeners and release you to the rest of our Kodo programming on this uh, lovely May evening. All right. Take care and happy Mother's Day. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh,